0: Working Interferences is intended for mature audiences. Since the host never grew up, someone needs to be the adult. Welcome to Working
1: Interferences, the dental advice podcast for the average dentist. Here is Working Interferences. Bros, what is up? Welcome to the Working Interferences podcast. I am Lance Timmerman, and joining me this week is...
0: Holly Timmerman, the wife. Yeah. Am I not doing right? Yeah, there you go. Okay,
1: sorry. It's all right. I'm a train wreck. Yeah. It's whatever. So um, just to kind of give everybody a heads up, it's been a little while since we've had an episode. Um, Part of that was just, well, it was the end of the year, and uh, we tried to get together. Josh and I were trying to hook something up before I left town, and it was just, just, you know, the holidays are, are what they are. As they say, so um, we didn't want to. From the feedback we've gotten, as a lot of people have noticed, that um, content has not been released. So we thought we'd do something, at least something. So uh, Josh right now is unavailable. So I thought, who better to have on a dental podcast than another person that works in the dental office?
0: My the wife. wife. The wife. The wife. The terrible, horrible wife that nobody wants to work with.
1: Yeah. Let's just talk about that a little bit.
0: You know, I think it's interesting because I think that wives that work in the dental office, most of them are there to protect their investment in their marriage versus their investment in the practice.
1: Because um, I've been told by people getting interviews that they've been warned by – uh teachers, consultants, or whatever, to never work in an office where it's husband and wife. And um however, people have told us that we're different.
0: We are a little bit different, partially because we have pretty good communication and the staff feels comfortable coming to me and saying, hey, what's going on with this? What's going on with that? Um Well, and I think
1: what kind of proof in the pudding is we've had a few people that have worked for us for a couple months that then only found out that we were married because they saw the picture in my office of the two of us.
0: Yeah. We don't bring our marriage into the office in general. So we, most people, unless something happens, like one of our children comes in and calls us mom and dad, Mm -hmm. they don't really know that we're married.
1: Yeah. So I, I think some of the scenarios that I've been told, uh, I haven't experienced them, but I've, from what I've been told, yeah, that would be a bad, a bad event, a uh, bad situation as well. So fortunately for me, now you weren't always, this was not something, tell us about your career path.
0: How did you, is, is this a dream job of yours? No, I actually hate dentistry. <laughs> um, we actually have a rule in our house that we're not, um, supposed to talk about dentistry when we're at home. How's the, that working? It actually works pretty good because I usually get super, super angry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Lance's brother, Clint, who most of you listeners do know because he's been on the podcast before. Um, he gets the look when he's hanging out with us. If they start talking about dentistry and I completely shut down and then everybody kind of panics. Um, yeah,
1: that look isn't isn't good. And so
0: we really try to keep it at bay and not bring it in because I'm there more out of necessity than I am out of... um a love for dentistry or a love for being there. I'm there kind of to, um, be a concierge to our patients who have known me for a really long time. And we keep trying to replace you. Um, but you know,
1: <laughs> in the past couple of years have been even more proof in the pudding of that. Um, just a staff short, it's just hard to find people. So, um, so you're
0: using me. Is that what you're that's,
1: saying? That's f- well, in you so many ways. Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> there are days.
0: So, um, <laughs> um but yeah it's an interesting thing you know a lot of the employees that we've had we're still very good friends with if they're no longer employees with us um Mm -hmm. most of them have either moved away or um husbands have had job transfers but we're still very good friends with them um and they have expressed that they actually loved working with us because if they weren't comfortable coming to one of us they could come to the other um yeah, Because and, we're pretty open about everything.
1: And our style of the practice is, is uh, easier to tolerate than, than many others. There are some offices where it's the volume. Every, they, they love the chaos and, and unpredictability of a schedule that's all over the place. Um, we tend to be lower volume, which has its own ups and downs.
0: Well, yeah, because it becomes more of a concierge situation versus a dental situation. And you're managing the personalities of a patient and, um, their wants instead of what their needs are. And that's the big flip in the type of practice we have versus what most people have out there. Um, or many, we, many,
1: we don't know most. So Well,
0: we know a lot of our friends have the same type of practice that we have, but, um, right. it's definitely a niche style.
1: Yeah. So, um, so uh, part of the f- fun of when we're podcasting, Josh usually will ask uh, updates of things recently. And we recently had a... Clusterfuck. That's one term. <laughs> yeah. Our, we decided, we had some friends that moved to Florida. And so a few months back, we decided we would spend New Year's Eve, uh, the week of New Year's Eve and New Year's Eve in Florida with them. And so, um, correct me if I'm wrong, we had, was it six days there in Florida, but it felt like a day and a half? <sighs>
0: Um, yeah, we were six days. T- well, initially it was supposed to be five. Okay. But it, then it turned into six. Could magically. have been seven. Could have been seven. Could have been a whole lot
1: more. But we actually really only had like two days of actually being there.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> with this whole crazy mandate and pandemic and. Well, uh,
1: uh, we we'll come to find out they're short um, staffed. It's yeah. not just dentistry that's short staffed. The airlines don't have all of their pilots and flight crew. And everybody. So we left Monday, um, uh, the 27th, I guess that would have been? Yes. 27th, uh, early morning or morning, mid morning, to, to head on down to, to Tampa, Seattle to Tampa. We didn't have a direct flight, so we had to connect in Atlanta. And um, it, it got delayed. And so, which.
0: Well, part of it was the weather. So Seattle had terrible weather. And our we don't normally get snow, but we got snow. Our first flight um, out of Seattle, there was a Korean Air uh, plane that was stuck in our uh, spot and couldn't maneuver out of it, so we had to wait for all of the other planes. Well, also, unfortunately, we
1: luck of the draw. We had a big jumbo plane to go from Seattle (laughs) to Atlanta. We didn't have a normal seven thirty seven, and just trying to get the big that size of plane had one route to get to the gate and uh they were blocked and so we had to wait for all these other planes to get out of the way. So we ended up leaving 3 hours late which meant we missed our connection in Atlanta. But fortunately in Atlanta we're in line trying to get a, actually I was trying to get a hotel voucher to spend the night but they there was another flight from Atlanta to Tampa that uh it got delayed and so we were able to, to reschedule on that. So we were supposed to land at like 10 o'clock at night in Tampa, and we landed at 3. Yeah. So good times. that sucked. Fortunately, if anybody's ever been to Tampa, there's an, a Marriott right in the the airport, like literally next to the Starbucks is the entrance to Marriott. And so I had a reservation there knowing that we would just arrive late. So I, I just got a late checkout on, on Tuesday. But by the time we left Tuesday to head on down to our friend's place, we we got lunch on the way, and so we got there late dinner time, and so Tuesday felt like a wash.
0: Yeah, definitely. was. So
1: we messed around Wednesday and Thursday, but uh, geography is is a blessing and a curse with me. I know things, but not enough. Okay, let's be honest. The geography was my issue. Okay. Still, we um, Tampa is not close to Fort Myers. It's two hours away. And so um, I had the same Marriott Hotel reservation for New Year's Eve, figuring, ring in the New Year, go check into the hotel and wake up to go to the gate. But since it was two hours away, we had to leave before all the festivities were really happening, New Year's Eve. And so we went... And you're not going to get fireworks at an airport. So we we were watching. I photobombed somebody. We were at the hotel bar, and I someone was taking pictures, and so I photobombed be, behind them, and that was...
0: That was our big. That new was a Year's highlight thing.
1: of of news. They they thought they were gonna make me feel funny, and they came to show me the picture, and I was all proud of it. And they were like, "Oh, wait, you're not embarrassed?" I'm like, "I did that on purpose." Yep. So, yep. yeah. Um. But that was the. As we were ringing in the new year, I get a text saying that our flight had uh, been canceled, and uh, fortunately, we were coming back on Saturday and not Sunday, so we had a little bit of time to figure out what we were gonna do, um, but. It it was hours and hour. You were on hold for eight hours.
0: Eight and a half hours, and then they disconnected me.
1: And I was texting a, an agent, and they said they they rerouted me, got a, a better flight that uh, went to Portland, connected in Seattle. Okay, I'm going to pause
0: right here. <laughs> so we need to, to put a shout out to Delta Airlines for being very good under pressure because there was some really batshit crazy people in that Uh airport and online Mm -hmm. and delta agents really did a great job and we don't generally fly delta we usually try to fly alaska if possible if it's not alaska it's delta though yeah but it they i mean every agent that we worked with Deserved a raise that day.
1: That was that was a mess. I got up at five thirty in the morning to, to, which is still I never really adjusted to, to the time change. So five thirty really was two thirty for me um, to talk with Giselle uh, at the gate because um, the guy that had online on the text message had re- rerouted me to through to Portland through Seattle. I'm like texting this guy back, but hey, if it goes to Seattle, I can just get out in Seattle. He says, "No, sir, you have to go to Portland." I'm Like, but I—if I land in Seattle, I'm in Seattle. He, he goes, I can't book you to Seattle. It has to be to Portland. So we were just going to not check bags and just get out in Seattle. They're not going to give force me by gunpoint to stay on the plane. So, uh, well, we
0: were, are in Washington. But State.
1: so I said to the guy, okay, give me the, the details of the flight. And um, so I looked up the thing. It had already been canceled. He, he he put us on an Alaska air air flight to through there, but it had already been canceled. And so when I said, Hey, I screenshotted the thing and said, you, you booked me on a canceled flight. So he says, Oh, you'll have to then be transferred to his customer service person who then never responded to me for the next four hours. So then I just got up and cause this was the middle of the night at this point, um, and went downstairs. So we ended up that I was able to get booked on Sunday morning to LA and then, uh, Monday morning, LA to Seattle, but there was a standby at one in the afternoon from LA to Seattle that they put, put us in line, but couldn't guarantee a seat. So we just gambled and, uh, got to LA and uh, 20 minutes before the flights took off, they gave us tickets. So, it was so that quite was quite a
0: eventful start to the new year. Yeah.
1: And that's why I was, I was really tired and didn't really want to record a podcast or anything. Cause I just wanted to just, just come home and watch netflix or something i i Sleep. was just I was tired
0: very stressful
1: and this is the we normally work three days a week it just this happened to be the one week in a long time we did all five
0: and, and that's I, not happening I'm again not, i'm just that FYI, everybody that
1: i anybody who's still working five day weeks more power to you but that's crazy that was that was exhausting yeah so um, thank you I can handle four sometimes, but once you get used to a three-day work week, anything different, anything more than that, that's torture. It was bad, but,
0: but anyway, anyhow, I hope uh, you guys all had a good new year's. I hope it started you? a little bit better than ours did. Do you? Well, I'm trying to be nice. They don't know who I am.
1: <laughs> Are you going to be at voices as of dentistry?
0: Um, I'm going to be there, but I'm going to be in, uh, Sonoma. Sedona Sedona I don't know <laughs> where I'm going. well
1: that's a, quite the drive we do have a rental car um so we're going to check in I wasn't actually we weren't actually going to go to voices of dentistry but we were going to be in Ireland but this COVID thing shut it down and so we when we canceled that we just said well let's just go to the voices thing and um, to see
0: Alan shout right. out to Alan Mead
1: yeah. Oh, yeah yeah
0: we like him he's delightful
1: he is a delightful human being. There's
0: not a lot of dentists that I can say that about. But no,
1: you hate most of them. You're like Mikey from Life Cereal. Yeah. She hates everyone.
0: No, I, there's certain people I like. but <laughs> Both of them
1: are very nice people. It's
0: because they don't act like dentists. That's why. Yeah,
1: yeah. there's a bad aftertaste with uh, a lot of dental professionals. So, And you know who you are.
0: Yeah. I can name the ones that I like because <laughs> I know them all by name. And that says how many people there are that I like exactly. in dentistry. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: So tradition is we answer questions that we find in the, all those de- neat little Facebook groups, the questions we find on Reddit. Reddit. And uh, so we do have one question that we'll start with one question. We'll see how it goes. Um, this was in the subreddit of dentistry from a username, a throw so, 22 hours ago, this person wanted to ask a question about dental practice consultants. So, fellow dentist of Reddit, looking for dental practice consultants who can help with acquiring/slash starting my own practice. Any recommendations? Thanks in advance. So, before I read all the other comments, Holly, tell me about dental
0: consultants. So, we have had dental consultants in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you like them? I actually liked a liver. Uh, Elizabeth. Elizabeth Iverson. Mm-hmm. I really liked her, but the other ones seem to really push um, insurance and the DSO style practice.
1: Well, and I, I guess you should qualify that with because some people that's what they're comfortable with and want want to work within the parameters of, of insurance. So I guess you'd have to know what style you want. Cause if, if I wanted insurance free, then that consultant would be terrible. Right. But if I wanted to learn how to maximize insurance, then, and play the games, then I certainly would want someone who has systems.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I think that you really, first of all, have to decide what do you want to do? Do you want to be working five days a week for the rest of your life? Do you want to be a business owner versus a dentist? Because I am a firm believer that you're either a great business person or a great dentist. It's nearly impossible to be both. Well, the, the reason I would agree with that is, is if you have a,
1: a lot of associates, um, you're kind of a victim or, or beholden to the quality that the associate can uh, can offer. Uh, I have some friends who have to redo dentistry because their associates didn't do uh, a good enough job. Well, and I know others where who uh, have a local DSO I help with sometimes that just kind of ignores a lot of the x-rays confirming the adequate, maybe uh, an exaggeration of the quality of the care that was delivered. Um, so if you're a perfectionist practice owner, I think that would drive you crazy. Because you're not in control of all the, the dentistry being produced. But if you can let it slide and, and whatnot. Now, part of it's a, it's a you got to qualify it with, if not given the right tools to, to be able to
0: produce, then that makes it a challenge. Well, and that goes back to make a decision of what you want to do. If you want to be a DSO style practice, you really, you really cannot afford to spend the money on really high quality, um, tools because
1: tools and labs and, and I mean, you find the best of what you got, best of the worst or worst of the best, but it becomes average.
0: But circling back to the question of this person, Mm -hmm. you know, how to choose a coach You need to decide first and foremost, what type of practice do you want? Because not all um, coaches are going to coach you the same way. You know, people out there know that we've been trying to sell our practice. The same goes with um, a company to sell your practice. If you're working with a company that um, only deals in DSOs, that's all they're going to bring you. So if you're working with a consultant that is partnered with the insurance companies, guess what? Now you, no matter what you really want to do, you're going to be coached and your staff is going to be coached to be a mill and they're going to push the mill. And I was reading an article just this last week that I was a little bit shocked that um, a lot of the coaches out there are partnering with, with the insurance companies to guide all of these guys out of dental school into the DSO marketplace so that the private practice is basically going to be null and void. Yeah.
1: The, and that was the, the challenge. I don't know that I expressed it in much detail. The reason why it was so hard for us to sell a practice is the the practice really is revolved around me. And most DSOs want to be able to plug and play dentists. And so the they need to have a practice that treatment plans are pretty vanilla, you know, a single crown, maybe a bridge, a uh, bunch of fillings, um, maybe some dentures and partial dentures and things. Whereas a lot of what we do are, it's a, it's a mix because we still do regular general dentistry and the routine things. But then when the big case comes in, we're, what well, we did,
0: we can say yes.
1: Yeah. We can say yes to the guy that needs all of his teeth pulled and 13 implants placed to do all on six or all on seven or however many implants we're doing. Um, We don't have to refer that out. Whereas the, the deal that fell through in August, that was because they couldn't just replace me that easily.
0: Well, and that was the thing is, and that's what my whole point is, is before you go out and you try to find a coach, you really need to decide what, am I going to be a dentist and an artist or am I going to be a, business owner, because those two types of coaches are very, very different. Like I said, Elizabeth Iverson was an excellent coach for you because you had a vision for what you wanted when you got out of dental school and you were disgusted with what you had. Well, I
1: had a vision. It was get the hell out of dentistry.
0: (laughs) Well, and that was the thing. And, and so she was like, okay, so if you hate this, what's it going to take for you not to hate it?
1: Well, no, she, she, she. We had a plan and it was to be able to sell out, but I I didn't have the skill set to be able to produce at the level I needed to pay everything off and and walk away. And so as I developed the skills uh, is when I realized, you know, I actually don't hate this kind of dentistry and I can do this indefinitely. Um, It wasn't until I started developing physical issues that I realized, oh, maybe I can't physically practice forever. And maybe I do need to have, come up with a backup plan. But she was she was smart in that she helped me recognize recognize a vision that I didn't have a vision at the time, but I developed one with her. She's, uh, she's retired now, so if anybody's out there Googling Elizabeth Iverson, you're not going to find her because I think she moved to Africa.
0: Yeah, she, her and her husband decided to go travel and yeah. live their best life.
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome. So, But I was reading one of the comments. Um, one person responded on Reddit. It says uh, their username is not a doctor, just a dentist. It uh, said they just started with ideal practices, had a first initial call this morning and was blown away. I had a buddy I graduated with in 2018 use them and said he couldn't have done it himself and would have spent a fortune more than what their fee was. It's like 50000 or something like that. 16000 up front and the rest is paid to them when you get the practice loan. They have a great team. Actually, listen to what you want, and we'll build the practice around your vision. Uh, but I won't be able to give you a full report for another twelve months or so. I have three kids and value my time. I've been able to save a lot since I graduated, so the sixteen thousand out of pocket is no big deal. To have people have that have done it before and helped me on my this, this journey. My only caveat reading that is, you don't even know anything. I, you, if you graduated in two thousand eighteen, that's what four years ago, three and a half years ago,
0: and with COVID, that was yesterday. Yeah,
1: you you. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't want to listen to this person's advice uh, for another 12 months because we, when we had the people, the broker was going to sell our practice last March, we thought they were awesome and everything was going to be great and then end up being a really
0: bad experience. Yeah, it was a very bad experience.
1: I mean, they basically chased off my staff um, because we they pulled the plug a week before th- paperwork was to be signed
0: actually it wasn't a week before it was actually 48 hours before they yeah. had pulled the plug on the sale and but they'd already
1: introduced themselves to the staff and, the and staff
0: demanded that they introduce themselves mm-hmm. to the staff we
1: kept saying don't do it until after the final sale and they 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 had their system they had their way and um so all, my staff they're all like oh well then i want five dollars an hour more and uh knowing that the staff shortage and everything they certainly had the
0: leverage i mean they could def- i mean and and you know what i don't blame them i would have I mean, they came to work for us for a reason, mm-hmm. and now we're telling them that we're no longer going to be their boss.
1: And the style of practice probably was going to change, and all of the everything they loved about working for us was going to be different. So I, I don't totally blame them, but then they bailed, and then the sale fell through, and then we had just a pile of nothing. Yeah. But... Um,
0: But yeah, when you're looking, you got to know exactly what you want. And you need to not be afraid to exercise your voice in that. Even if you are going into it thinking, I don't really know anything. So these are supposed to be the professionals. Well, the professionals only know what they know. And they're only going to be able to do what they've been doing for a very long time. So if you can't go into it saying, this is what I want... And this is what I expect from you. You're going to have a very difficult time.
1: I like this one. So here's a response from Sagittal Split. It says, this cheese and rice. You don't want to be on the backside of a demilitarized zone looking strip mall unless you are running a denture clinic. You are well served with visibility if you are going to be a PPO whore. You can exist under a rock if you can manage to be a cash pay honest conservative dentist. Sorry. Um. And then this person said, "Good grief, do the breakaway seminar. It's all about doing it right, low overhead." So I don't, I don't have any experience with breakaway seminars. I've heard stories of it, and my story, what I understand is, it's got a lot of good information, but don't drink the Kool Aid. Uh, there's too many cults out there, and this uh, may be one of them. I'm not one, so I don't know. I don't quote me, but but the 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 concept of of um, low overhead is is very very smart um, I, my understanding they want everything uh, modular so that you 're in carts so you're, each operatory is not necessarily outfitted for certain things every operatory is almost Bear and you wheel in whatever you need as needed so every single operatory queen gina would agree that every operatory should be able to handle any procedure at all at a moment's notice so if you need to do hygiene in there you can do hygiene if you need to do the crown in there you can do the crown in there uh, i totally agree with that but i have an operatory in my office that i just it's my
0: favorite place well if it's gonna be your plug and play it needs to be as sweet i mean it well, yeah. again it really depends on what you're doing i mean your op four drives me crazy
1: because <laughs> I, I love it's my it's my my happy place it's got everything
0: it has everything I can do it all, but you know i knowing what I know now, it would have been twice its size yeah, it should
1: have been should be bigger
0: so again, going back to what I said is you need an under you need to know what kind of dentist you really want to be
1: well at the time when we we moved to practice there sixteen years ago and I was still a fairly vanilla dentist. And so um, the skill set I have now is totally different than then. So it, it was a perfect setup then, but now that I've grown in skills, uh, I've outgrown that op. Um, but I don't really want to move again. So, no, we're not moving <laughs> again, ever. I won't be allowed. I will blow that place I, up. <laughs> as long as we make it look like an accident. I think I'm insured enough. Actually, Jesus. I don't think I am. Probably should revisit that. I don't so, know. So, um
0: we kind of all over the board. People are probably like, "What the fuck?" Oh, they they, they turned it off a long ago. Oh my God. We're just talking to ourselves now. That's <laughs> fine. Um Although I'm going to be really pissed that we're talking about dentistry outside of work. Well, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Let's try
1: this one. Am I too old to be a dentist? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Hi, I have a PhD in chemistry, started working at a company as a fresh PhD for two years, and now realize that I wouldn't have much of a salary even with a promotion and switching. I would say even eight years more total in ten years, I wouldn't get higher than two hundred and fifty thousand, likely to be between one hundred and fifty to one hundred and seventy. Layoff is always possible, so the job security concern exists. I want a secure, lifelong job with decent salary which I can work until like 65 years old without much concern. Honestly, many friends of mine from my undergrads are already dentists for years and I envy their lives. But I'm not young. I already started my PhD a bit late and I'm now 36. With the preparation and admission, it would take two years. Admission is not guaranteed, but let's say everything goes smooth. I will turn 41, 42 when I actually start my career as a dentist. My question is, do you see my plan as a total adventure and a stupid decision? Are there some students in dental school like me? When do you expect you are going to retire? I need your advice. Thanks and happy
0: new year. So, you know, I look back on when you were in dental school, because we've been married for a hundred years. 105. 105 years. Um, You had a couple of um, second song Mm -hmm. classmates who, you know, they had already had all of their careers and they had done... and. They went into dentistry and they're very successful and they're doing their thing. And, you know, but the the one thing you have to remember is nothing is ever guaranteed. So, yes, it sounds like a great thing. But what happens if you develop something where you can't practice dentistry anymore? You have put all of this time and money into it and all of a sudden that didn't work either. Well, or worst case scenario, you become a dentist. I mean, this is, (laughs) and it really depends on where you live too. Well, not only that, is the
1: grass really greener? I mean, if you really talk to those friends that are dentists, are they better?
0: I always go back to Mac Lee, who I love. He's Mm -hmm. one of my most favorite dentists out there. He just recently retired. Congratulations, Mac Lee. Um, but he had come and had lunch with us in Seattle one time, and even before we sat down for lunch, he was just like. What is happening here? No,
1: I think the direct quote was, you got to move.
0: Yeah, that was actually his quote. He's like, why are you here? Yeah. So it really depends on where you plan to settle. Also, when you're looking at a venture like this, you know, are you planning to settle somewhere where there's not a lot of dentists that you could instantaneously
1: what frustrates me is, is in dental school, they they, I, they literally told us, you can go anywhere you want to be and you'll be successful. And they really should have broken it down with demographics and explained it. Because right now, the rural guys are king of the roost. My, my friends that are kind of in, in buttfuck nowhere, Oklahoma and and South Dakota, you know, they have great practices. They They enjoy where they're at. I think they're from there. So it's not like you take the big city guy and it's not like Doc Hollywood and Michael J. Fox going to BF wherever he was. But um, had I known, because if you can, true, you could go like we're in the big city, but we have to spend a shit ton of money on marketing just to stay competitive and relevant. And, you know, in these other underserved areas, you don't even have to try. And the people are going to knock on your door to get seen and treated and, and, and whatnot.
0: So before you make a move like this, my recommendation would be take a look at where you're living now. Are you married? Do you have children? Is this going to impact them? Do you know the demographic if you stay there and become a dentist? Because if you don't, you're opening up a a can of worms that you will regret for the rest of your life. Because if the only way for you to make it is for you to move your children and your wife... That's going to be not a welcome um, conversation to have.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, if I had to do over again, uh, I would have gone a more uh, less saturated place. You know, we're in Seattle. It's a pretty saturated place. A lot of my friends that are in under less served areas, they, their fees aren't much different, but their cost of living is like a half.
0: Well, but the thing is, you know, if you love Seattle, if you're someone who wants to live here and you really like the outdoors. Then you're on drugs because this place sucks. (laughs) Okay. We're trying to sell our practice. Shut the fuck up. Okay. I love a
1: blue state.
0: (laughs) You're such a dick.
1: Our dictator, uh, Jay Inslee, is just like Gavin Newsom, just fatter.
0: Just a prize. (laughs) But it's, you know... There's a lot of factors to take into, yes, you could come become a dentist, you could be fine, you could have a great, you know, job for the rest of your life. But you yeah. need to make sure that everything else weighs out. You can't just make this decision based on money because Yeah, the, the, there's a lot to consider. There. They have a
1: highly, infl- they have an inflated amount of what they would be the bare minimum. I know some dentists making much less. I know some dentists making less than a hygienist, and so it's not always going to be guaranteed success. But the one nice thing is you, you do have job security if you're or your own boss. Uh, you own the the thing. You're, you're well, tethered.
0: That that's the other thing. Is
1: that part sucks? But
0: if you're going to be your own boss, you'll
1: never get fired. But you,
0: well,
1: it, you might go bankrupt. Yeah. So. I mean,
0: there's nothing's ever for sure mm-hmm. and nothing's ever perfect. So even your friends that you're seeing that you feel like they're living their best lives. Mm-hmm. There's a story there that they're not telling you 1000%. And
1: I mean, it, and part of the job is physical. I mean, when we st- I started having the, the, you know, we had sporadic moments of shakes, uh, early 2000s. And then when I got my heart. Diagnosis, and the drugs I'm taking now are going to make me fat. Uh, that's, <laughs> so it, uh, what if you put all your eggs in a basket and you physically can't do the job? Then, uh, then you got to look for plan B. And if it's already your plan B, now you're looking at a plan C. However, I know some guys that, that made hay just in a short amount of time and they invested well and got in Bitcoin when it was $5 and now it's $50,000. So you know, there's who knows?
0: Just just don't do anything you know just because your friend seems to have it all
1: they probably don't
0: the thing that I've learned with dentists is you can only believe about five percent of what they say well you
1: hate well, you hate dentists, you hate conversations because most dentists lie about how much they produce they do
0: i I would say uh ninety eight percent of dentists inflate everything because they feel so competitive with everybody else around them
1: or they'll talk about gross but not net Yeah, i produced a million but
0: overhead was nine hundred fifty thousand so so that that sucks i don't know we used to go to i quit coming to functions because i started calling everybody's bullshit i was like that's why
1: you'll be at voices of dentistry but only to sleep yeah you're you no one will you'll be like a ghost yeah not my thing you're not gonna be there not my scene no no well, hey, we probably bored everybody enough already. We should probably just wrap this up. Um, uh, everybody listening, rate and review us. Give us uh, five stars.
0: Yeah, because I'm awesome.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's what I said. Yeah, exactly. No, we have a tradition on the, at the show that we take turns picking songs. And if we have a guest, the guest gets to pick a song for, for people to listen to on the outro. Since we're not monetizing this, we don't have to worry about copyright infringement and everything. So we actually play the song. So I'm going to put this up to you. What song? But you didn't
0: warn me, so I didn't. I didn't... Well, you know that that's what we do. I, but I wasn't paying attention. I know. Uh, you never do. I know. That's my thing. That's dentistry. Uh. Um, I don't know. What's? Uh... I can
1: edit this part out right here. And okay. You can take a couple minutes to figure out what you want. To... I have to think
0: of a good song.
1: It doesn't have to be a good song.
0: It does have to be a good song. It could be
1: something relevant to the time. It could be something that was in your playlist recently, uh, something you heard the other day, and you're like, oh my God, I forgot about that song. It could be an old one.
0: Hmm. It could be a new one. Let's do Highway to the Danger Zone.
1: Danger Zone by Kenny Loggins? Yeah. Why dangerous. the fuck would you choose that?
0: I don't know because I just heard him on a podcast and I really <laughs> liked him and I thought he was. I was like, oh, I forget about him. Yeah, we saw him in concert.
1: We uh, did at the zoo. We've the seen Park pretty zoo. much
0: everybody in concert. We've seen
1: a lot of people. Yeah, so we went to the Woodland Park Zoo a few years back and he was singing songs. You're like, oh, I didn't know Kenny sang this one.
0: Yeah, see, that's the thing. And <laughs> I just was listening to a podcast with him. With um, was it Smartless? No. What? No, it was Rob Lowe. Whatever oh, his okay. is the literally. literally. Literally, you have to say it correctly, with Roblo. I did um, appreciate that. So um, I'm going to go with that one. Okay.
1: Danger zone. Danger
0: zone. Kenny Loggins. Especially for the young men looking to get a uh, coach and the other one thinking of trading careers.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Welcome to the danger Danger zone. zone.
0: (laughs) Tread lightly. Enjoy your day.
1: All right. On that note, I, for Holly Timmerman, this is Lance Timmerman. Same peace and uh, see you next time.